Are you ready for a yes. theme song? The theme song. I, 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 Call identical. The theme song. Fucking Elvis. I am Elvis. Yeah. And all the things are golden. Lots of Jesus talking, whatnot. Lots of Lord and funding through the Jesus. All this movie's about is rocking Jesuses. Mm. All the Jesus rocking. Rock my body, Jesus. I guess this is going to be a musical episode. <laughs> yep, I guess we're doing the musical episode. Yeah. The identical interlude. Uh, what an identical coincidence. Oh, hooray. What are you doing my identical calculus homework? Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, hello and welcome to the catastrophe section. My name is Aaron. And my name is Cameron. Today, we have an exceptional treat for you. It's a gift from a weird man who made it. It's so good. We did the identical. And uh, you need to watch it right now. If, if you haven't watched it, seriously, high recommendations. I fucking loved it. It was so good. It was so dumb. Oh. Would you agree? I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's so good. Um, So if you don't know what the identical is, it is... um, So you know Elvis, right? So think of Elvis and then... Imagine he had an identical twin brother. Okay? Separated at birth. Yeah, so they have, it's basically Elvis, but he had a twin brother, and he was separated at birth. And he is just as talented. But family issues and stuff, because it's a different family. He didn't grow up the same. That's what this movie is. That is a crazy premise, but it doesn't fucking stop there. It gets crazier. Things are oh yeah, but let's not delve into the too crazy. No, not yet. We'll we'll get there. Don't Should worry. We mentioned that this is public domain Elvis, so like it looks like Elvis, but yeah. they neither wanted to make it Elvis. They didn't call it Elvis, but they wanted to hire an actor that looks enough like Elvis and write their own well like, awful songs. I wouldn't say he looks like Elvis. I'd say he looks like uh, Frankenstein's monster fucked Elvis, and he came out. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. Like if he's a like weird looking guy, and Johnny Cash, you know, drunkenly banged and created like some sort of monster twin couple. These would be the yin and yang of that. Yeah. They, he's, mistake. he's a weird, the main actor is a weird looking dude. Yeah, he really is. He's got like a forehead, the size of an air, like an airstrip. Yeah. These big dumb eyes. Uh-huh. And his fucking chin is the squarest chin in existence. Like. He, he, it doesn't, oh, it's bad. He looks weird. And not to mention the awful name of the Elvis-like more successful twin, Drexel Helmsley, Hemsley. Who the fuck names their child Drexel? The same person who, well, I think, uh, what is his name? Ray Wade or 
the other twin, he got the way better end of that of the naming Ra- stick. Ryan anyway. Wade, yeah. Yeah. Instead of Drexel. Oh, Drexel. The fuck like, is a Drexel? What? I don't know. Some sort of um appliance or tool I, that one uses to I don't understand. It's so bad. Home things. Oh. So let's get started in the whole plot. This despite character names and stuff. At the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean the opening shot of the movie in nineteen seventy two, driving through a cotton field. Yes. Is a is Drexel Hemsley himself. The titular Elvis alike, but actual Elvis, in um, in his limo, just drinking booze, going through a fucking field, and it starts looking like he's seeing black ghosts picking the cotton. Yeah, this transition made no sense. It was to so me because weird. It goes from like in living color to black and white. Yeah, uh, I, like I get that this. This is a whole foreshadowing thing for that character later on, but why not just start with the Depression era stuff and just show the stuff in black? Yeah, and white I don't understand why they had him. Like that whole shot was pointless. It really is. It's not like we get no sense of who Drexel Helmsley was through the entire movie. No, except when he shows up and then he's like, "That's your fucking winner." But we'll get to that. Yeah, he like slow claps later on and then he dies in a plane crash. That's about the most eventful That's thing. That's all we yeah. know how he claps, declares winners and fastens a seatbelt in an emergency. That is the entire extent of what we know about that character aside from being musically inclined and talented. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so um Flashback to the Depression in Alabama in the 1930s. And of course, it has to be in black and white. Of course. And so this bumpkin couple gets off of like a train in Alabama. He like goes up to the first guy he sees on the road and he's like, hey, do you got work? And he's like, nope. And he's like, but I got to get me the work. And he's I like, got a baby, got dude. There's a baby. I got a, I got a mouse to feed. Sorry, son, I can't help you. But I got a baby. And then he, yeah. You notice how he says that he's got a baby, dude, and yet when he walks home, he missed the birth of his of his sons. Yep. Oh, they're right. Yeah, they're done. It's, he's they're not out. affected by it at all. Why? So this, this fucking baffled me immediately. Um, when he comes home... They have this um, African-American midwife and she is fucking bawling like, they're beautiful. <laughs> like, they just got there, didn't they? Why Why does she, like, she's she's doing that like she knows these people. And it's like, I'm so happy you have a child now and it went so well and everyone's okay. I'm so happy. But no, it's just like, I'm a random person that you hired and I love it, man. But Aaron, in the surrealist world of the film, even as a child, Drexel Helmsley and the Wade guy, they're like the hottest shit in the world. I guess. Unless you have an imaginary boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, who's never dressed again or appears on screen at all. He's not here singing you love songs. 
He's not here pressuring you into a social situation in which the case of the coffee getting. Exactly. So, like, did he miss the birth of his sons? Like, was he just going up to people at random and saying, hey, do you, can I get a job here? <laughs> I mean, I think so, yeah. And they're like, well, you don't, you're a man, so you don't have to be there for the birth of your kids. And then just, what? We can handle it without And you. then there, there, there's the crazier thing. He leaves immediately after they're born. He's like, I can't. There's two kids. What am I going to do? Guess I'm going to go look, at, look for work at night. And then he fucking randomly stumbles upon this preacher who's, he's a traveling preacher who is the, who t- it's, it's a faith healer. Huh? He, he's a faith healer. Yeah, but they, they introduce him as a traveling preacher, a traveling evangelist. Is what they... Th- yeah, which was a thing during the Depression. Yeah. Whole faith revival thing like, hell and fire, get him about a god to dupe. Yeah, but he just r- happens upon this fucking... Like, everything in this movie just happens by chance. Things just ha- Like, stars align perfectly for all of these crazy situations to just line the fuck up. It's absurd. Yeah, it is the, it might as well just be subtitled The Coincidence. Yeah. Because that's the entire structure. And this movie's conflict is also, like, the conflict resolution of this movie, by the next scene, everybody forgets all of the transgressions of before. Oh, yeah. They're like, well, I guess I'm not doing that anymore. I get to go home now. Goodbye. Oh, it's- everybody, ju- it just rolls all off of their backs. Like, there's... Like there's stakes until after the scene, in which case there's no aftermath character wise. So, so, and I love the, the set design for this movie is so minimalist that it's almost hilarious. Like they show him outside of the, like the evangelist, um, tent and there's just like a thirties car right there. And they're like, well, that looks thirties. We'll put that (laughs) like, Hey, well, how do we need to, we need something to thirties this up. I don't know a car done. Yeah, well, I mean, he had to drive there, but I mean, like, all the other costuming is really tr- awful oh, yeah. in this movie. Like, everyone's just in, like, the plainest brown I mean, and the first white. part is in black and white, but everybody's dressed so weirdly. Yes. And so, uh, you know, what I actually wrote down in my notes is that I wish that this was a sequel to Goodfellas in yeah. which Ray Liotta was playing the Henry Hill ca- character after he went into witness protection. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a second life. He's like on the run from the mafia or like it was a reimagining of that. Cause like the famous line from Goodfellas is like, um, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a gangster <laughs> in this. It's like ever since I was a, <laughs> ever since I was a mob informant, I wanted to be, a faith healer. Oh God, it's ridiculous. So, and he preaches like equality stuff. Like the first line that you see Ray Liotta phoning in is like blacks and whites, Jews and Gentiles, all alike in the eyes of the Lord, I w- all are equal. I w- and then he reveals the convenient information of my wife and I, we, we miscarried again last that like in Thanksgiving. And then like this has the worst voiceover narration of any movie I've oh, ever oh, seen. Oh, it's bad. And okay, so this makes no sense in like the calendar of the movie. So if he's says that they miscarried in Thanksgiving and this is October, that happened like a year ago. How wait, was it October? So, I don't think they Yeah, no, they said um something changed on this uh cold October night in the voiceover. So it's like directly contradicting this. <laughs> 
but he didn't even check reacting to it like that just happened like the week before. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. I missed that. They didn't even bother. I I I it, like I just it doesn't make any sense. I don't tell people about tragedies that happened a year ago like Aaron Last year, I was very upset when someone cut me off in traffic. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry for I you. Know. That's a tragedy, just like miscarriage. I know. It's, it's equal, if not more tragic. Yeah, but, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't have come up if he didn't say we miscarried again over Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't... Ugh. I don't understand. And he's like, all we want is a beautiful baby. <laughs> Ray Liotta, he's like, Ray Liotta in this fucking movie is ridiculous. He's awful. And so, um, poor dad, Mick Workerton invites uh, Pastor Liotta and wife unit. Um, because we don't ever really get her name. She's just kind of a eh, cry and yeah. you know typical sexist stuff because you know Hollywood. Who needs woman characters? And so they go to their house. They're like, well. I didn't want to tell you, but we've got two babies and this is just, oh wait, no, I'm, I'm glossing over a scene. So, uh, he's talking to his wife before he invites them over and he's like, I have a plan. And she's like, I don't care. I'll take two or three jobs in order to do it. And he's like, having a job is my job, (laughs) but there's no jobs. So really not having a job is my job. Yeah. Like, the whole logic of that dialogue is just like, wait, so if having a job is your job, you don't have a job. Nope. So shouldn't your your wife working, too, be kind of, you know... Why would that... Like, I don't understand why that's a bad thing. Oh, no, my I mean, wife has to depression. work. I mean... So they're like, we can only afford to have one kid. Yeah. I love I love I love how he brings it up too. He's just like, man, I didn't even factor in having a possible second. I mean, one was bad enough, but now we gotta take care of these two childs. Them childrens, I can't do that. Like it, like it. It sounds like he did like this crazy math in his head, and he's like, man, I could just barely support one. Oh boy. Woo, Nelly! Like you don't make money. That's to support. Like I, I understand. Like it's supposed to be like, well, shit, we're already poor already. This second child's fucking us over. But the way he says it is just like, man, I did all these goddamn calculations, and this is gonna just fuck my whole life over. I don't. I gotta get rid of this fucking baby. In fact, why don't we let him take the other one too? No, okay, just one. Yeah. Oh my god. So, so after they give away the child to the preacher. They, <laughs> the fucking voiceover for it. So they, they have a fake funeral for their child that they gave away. Oh, it's my favorite. It, the, the voiceover is just like, and all they could afford was a shoebox to bury him in. <laughs> oh, that was, that was the most oh, like, love precious, it. like awful oh my God. shit there ever was. It was so good. <laughs> oh and so like they right after that um did you notice the sim like the symbolism of like the the kind of like what we co- what aaron and i refer to as christ exploitation here oh, yeah. where it go the transition into using color is right when uh young wade is baptized yep i noticed that 
So he's baptized, and then, oh, it's no longer black and white. And then he says, welcome to your new life. Which I'm like, it's, I mean, it's the same. He just got wet. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't tell my son that. And wouldn't my son already be baptized if I'm a pastor? He looked old that for that. Like yeah. A, for being a, a pastor's kid. Yeah. I'm not going to baptize you until we get to you like your ninth birthday. Yeah. In which case I'm going to tell you, welcome to your new life. Your old life doesn't count. Yeah, that all those all those years previous don't count. Don't fucking matter. Forget everything you learned. Nope. You weren't a person before now. Cause that's the only way you're yeah, valid. It's like the screenwriter was just like, we gotta streamline this to like less than two hours. We'll just gloss over all that other stuff. Yeah. Wait. Oh, I, I forgot to mention how um poor dad and poor mom were both saying, like, they don't even say that they're giving their kid away to the um, yeah. Pastor Leota. They just say, we're giving him to God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like they're going to sacrifice their son, like, cut his throat like a On lamb. On a fucking, and then, like, al- a fucking stone op- fucking altar, and yeah. it pours <laughs> like into an a copper. <laughs> yeah. The blood just drains into a <laughs> copper bowl below it. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. We're giving him to the gods. <laughs> Fucking we summon the spirits of the devil's music to summon an Elvis public domain lookalike. Yes. Come all ye mighty. <laughs> oh. Oh, and this is how we learn that he's um that his dad is kind of a Bible thumper, is he's quizzing him aggressively on how many books to naming all the books in the Bible. Yep. He's like, how many books are there in the Bible anyway? And he's like, 66, god damn it. Like, how many No, he says, you books tell are there in me. The fucking goddamn Bible. Yeah. I mean, if you couldn't tell, he was a he's a fucking traveling evangelist. Of course he's a Bible thumping guy. You kind of have to be a I know, but traveling evangelist. I love that that's the way that he like he's not asking him about the content. Nope. He's asking him about the names of the book. Which seems kind of, I mean, that's not the important part as far as I'm, I would be concerned if I were religious. I'd be like, what, I mean, what's the overall, like, what, what don't, what don't I do? Kill people? Got it. All right. Cool. Well, Aaron, cause you know that all faith and, you know, like even in public school system, it's all about knowing the chapters of the titles of a book and not actually about the content and thematic elements of the story inside the book. Oh, of course not. It's about the chapters. Of course it's not. That would be too smart to do for our, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, education. That was my undergraduate work. I only, I only passed my English class because I knew all the names of the title of uh, the chapters of Gone with the Wind and Catcher in the Rye. Oh boy. That sounds like you learned a lot. Oh, I did. Me too. When I was in your classroom, behind you know there you. was prologue, and then um, before you knew it, there's epilogue. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, and so then it goes to a scene of them. So to so like the kid is obviously a good singer because otherwise, how could he grow up to be Elvis? One, yeah. So so they show like, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of scenes here? where he's like. He's singing with the kid with the choir, and it's like, and that boy sure did have a beautiful voice because the fucking obviously you can't visually show something. That's not enough. You have to li- you have to yell it at the audience until they get it. He's a good singer. Do you get it yet? Yeah, we fucking get it. We understand. You don't have to fucking beat us over the goddamn head. He's a good singer. I hope you get my message. <laughs> God damn. 
Oh yeah, that uh, this this movie sledgehammers every fucking point. I think a sledgehammer. It's more of like a jackhammer, really. Yeah, because it's it is unrelenting. Requires you to swing it back up and then hit it again. This is just a constant. Yeah. And so he's like, what's this passage? And he's like, of course, it was always better. Like, this is the voiceover saying, and it was always better for him to remember it as a song. Oh, my God, no. Oh, And then Ray Liotta just face palms, basically. And I was like, that's my reaction to pretty much this whole movie. I I could not stop laughing at that point where it's just like, where he starts feeding feeding him the line, and then he looks so embarrassed when he starts singing it. He's like, oh, God, not this shit again. I'm like, oh. He's like, oh, God damn it. God damn singing children with their knowing the Bible verses through song. It's too goddamn oh, cheerful. thing I tried it's, to teach him. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. I love it. Oh, can I, like, we, and then it jumps forward, um... It jumps forward to um, young Wade and his best friend, the other 18-year-old Seth Green. Yep. Yep, Seth Green. <laughs> Can we? I, I looked up both of their birthdays, and they were both born in 1974, both Blake Rain, who plays um, both um, Drexel Hemsley and, and uh, Wade. And they were both born in 1974. They are both 40 fucking years old when this was filmed. <laughs> That's amazing. And they're playing like they're 18 years old yep. as the only two white guys in like this honky tonk with <laughs> all these African-American people. And there's like no elements of race in this content. Nope. Nobody like, because if, if there's like a space of all people of color, they're going to be a little bit, I don't know, wary that white guys are in there. Yeah. But here it's just like, yeah, everybody dance. There's like, you know, race isn't a thing. And then it like goes to like darkly racist, like cops and everything. So it like never really decides what the stance of the film is. Like either gloss over it or make it a big part. I'd prefer the more realistic approach. But I mean, if you're going to gloss over it, fine. But then don't decide to change it again. Yeah. Ugh. So Chris Seth Green goes up, offers him... You know, Seth Green, he says that he is the king of fake IDs. Yep. And he says, you got to stop being a PK, which is a preacher's kid. Yep. He's, <laughs> and he's like, no, thanks. I don't want the beer. And he's like, okay, more for me. And then there is literally beer. a line because we don't know that Seth Green likes beer. He just says, I like beer a lot. Yeah. Yeah. In case you didn't know the first time, you had to say it a fucking again. So- and it's not 80 yard. They filmed it. I saw his yeah. movie. He's like, I like beer a lot. Yeah, because that's very Ding. important. So the, he's just sitting there watching the, watching the band on stage. He's like, man, I ain't never heard nothing like this. Oh, why don't we do this back at home? And he's just, and Seth Green's sitting there just like, what, like in the church? Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so they almost go into the plot of Sister Act 1 and 2. Yeah, kind of. Wouldn't that have been great if they were nuns? Oh, I wish that they would have recast <laughs> recast him as Whoopi Goldberg as the Seth Green role. Yeah, oh, that would that would I would love that. <laughs> oh, she's like I'm the king of the fake ID, and I'm like Whoopi. Oh, Whoopi. We know that you're you're old enough to get into it. 
And no, I, I just think it's so stupid how he asks, are you listening to this? Yep. Like there's not a band on stage playing a loud assortment of rock and roll music. <laughs> you listen to this? Like he's like, no. are you listening to this? And he's like, no, I'm not. Nope. Just, I've just, I was over there and uh, I, my ears are kind of not working tonight, you know? Oh. And is this uh, where Ray Liotta says honky tonk? No, that's afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that's part. my favorite line of the movie. <laughs> so preach it, Aaron. Preach it. Tell us about the honky. Yeah. Tonk. The, the honky tonk. So <laughs> so he gets he gets home all late and he's like, man, I got I sure do like that music there. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the typical fucking sitcom ass bullshit. His dad's sitting in the living room and he flicks on the light because he's he ambushed him. Oh, he's a smart one because he ambushed his kid. He's like, it's 1.30 in the morning, son. Where were you? And he's he's like lying like, I was at Steve's. My dad wasn't Steve's. I drove by Steve's. Where were you? I must have just missed you. And he said it like that, too. He's like, he overacts this. Yep. He is so bad in this movie. Oh, Ray Liotta. Oh, he is a tr- atrocious. I love it. Um, <laughs> but that gets, it gets worse the older he ages. I know. Or like the, when the makeup department runs oh, out of money. Oh, he gets so bad when he gets, when he tries to do old as well. <laughs> but anyway, so <laughs> he's like, you, you've been drinking, boy. No, sir, I haven't. You smell like smoke while I ain't been smoking. And then he finally tells him, like, I went I went to a bar across the across the county lines. He's like, I honk it, tonk. You won't go go down there and listen to the devil's music. It's all oh God. <laughs> just just how immediate. I honk it, tonk. Oh god, Lordy. <laughs> it's like he told him that he was going to a sex club, like he yeah. was like enacting it's like, uh, the entirety yeah. of eyes wide shut. He's like, Yeah, I was the head of a lynch mob. It was pretty fun. What? Like, is the exact same reaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> a honky-tonk. <laughs> a honky-tonk. I love, I love how angry places you do like, in there. That is not a word. Uh, once again, that is not a word that could be said angry enough to make it scary. Like, if you're saying that word, you're not scary. <laughs> that is a stupid word. A honky-tonk. That, you can't, you cannot <laughs> intimidate anybody by yelling at them, if it includes the word honky tonk, that's not happening. They will immediately be like, hold on. What the fuck? There's no way this guy could, he can't kill me. Right? Nobody's killing me. If they're saying honky tonk, it's not a thing. That's Aaron. If you were in like the hip hop and rap community, there's like MC Goliath. There's like MC honky tonk, MC ghost ninja. And then there's MC honky tonk. I I would be MC honky tonk. I think, I think I'm good enough. They're like, wait, so what exactly are, do you remix or play? What do you rap about? And you're like, oh, honky tonks, sock hops, and the what nip. The what nip? Yeah. That's like with old ladies. Yeah. I ask them what they're knitting. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What's your name? Exactly. Yeah. God, what the fuck happens okay, after that? And the next scene was my favorite scene in probably the whole movie where Seth Green is stealing his dad's car. Oh, yeah. Because he's 40. That like I, I This was right after yep. I looked that up. And I'm just like, he's like, I'm stealing my dad's car. And I'm like, this is Seth Green's dad's actual house. And then it just plays this awful fast banjo. Oh, music. my God, yeah. <laughs> 
and then he's driving away, and his dad's like, "God damn it, get back you here! Come the fuck back here! You gotta go steal my goddamn car!" Because Seth Green, because what's his face? Uh, Ryan Wade's just like, "Hey man, you sure it's all right if we take his car?" Yeah, man. Watch, I take it all the time. He doesn't care. And then as soon as he starts it up, it runs out of the house. Woo! He was kidding. He takes it all the time, and he doesn't want him no taking that car. Oh, Paul don't care enough about taking that dirt car, Murbrand. Then immediately, as he's uh, as, as soon as he starts the engine, hey, you stealing my car? Oh my god, well, Aaron! It's because he was playing the loud banjo music. Yeah, in the car. Yeah, that, pro- that was probably it. Yep, that'll t- you know it was diegetic. Yeah, that'll that'll tip you off. Yeah, clearly, it was so Dukes of Hazard. Just boom. <laughs> yeah, what are they? Oh, going? that was so stupid. This week the. Dukes are going to the honky tonk. Yeah, so they they stole the car to go and to a to a honky another honky tonk. I can't even say it with my regular voice. No, it's the same honky tonk. Yeah, they're going to the honky tonk. But how did they get there before? But this time Seth Green has a sneaky plan to 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 get him on stage and have him singing. Wait, wait, but Aaron, how did they get to the honky tonk before? Does he is he using his dad's car or? I think so. Because it's like they've never used Seth Green's dad's car because he asks him, why are we taking your dad's car? Yeah, I don't think that, I just don't think they cared enough <laughs> to even bring it up. Oh, they're just like, eh, we need a banjo. We need to put a banjo somewhere in there. It's, it's Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. Yeah. So they they go back to the honk-a-tonk and um, he, like, Seth Green goes up and, of course, just pays, bribes his way up onto the stage and his name I forgot to mention is Dino. Yep. Dino. Yep. Like the horrifying again, like the horrifying dog monster from Flintstones. Yep, exactly. With a taste for blood. Oh, we need to we need to he uh, before they go on stage, he meets what's her face? Oh, what's her fucking name? Oh, you mean uh love interest? Yeah. Uh, I think her name's Ashley Judd. Well, that's the actress, isn't it? Yes, I think that's the actress. I don't. Uh, whatever, whatever the, the fuck her name is, name. love interest, interest mix. Louise, Louise, Rudy Giuliani. No, Louise. Oh, Louis. Yeah, it was Louise. Like yeah. Louise Guzman. So anyway, he meets her, and she's just like, "Man, I ain't never seen nobody move like that." Because he's dancing all Elvis, and he's like, "Man, I don't know what to tell you. When I hear music, I just have my body move. Like it is the." I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but this is still in the same vein as how they wrote this goddamn movie. Man, it's just the way I move when I hear that goddamn music. It makes me move my body well, all it's fluid it's just a like. coincidence. <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous. It's just a coincidence that the four width of the dancing of the me in locomotion. Yeah. So he went, then, oh, God. Dino gets up on stage and he's just like, the, the, the announcer's like, man, we got a special guest. He gonna come up and sing us a song with fucking Ryan Wade coming up on the stage, yeah. So it's a thing. And then he gets up on stage and sings, and he's all good. And all the people are like, "Oh boy, he's good." And then they're all dancing. And then that's about it until the fucking cops show up. Oh, can we mention something here? So when I first saw um, Louise and um, what's her face, like the. Uh, the the dates. I thought that yeah. they had just managed to find the only other two white people in that entire space. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but no, she says you shouldn't have you should have asked me out before. 
So it's definitely like they met there. Like they met up there, but they like go to school together. Really? I didn't hear you that. You never see them go to a huh. school of any sort. I guess they knew him before. I don't know. Yeah. So, and then the cops show up and they're like, what are you white folk doing here? <laughs> so no, the, the line when, as soon as they bust down the door, the guy's just like, man, and I thought this was just a grand theft auto. Cause obviously the, the D- Dino got his dad called the cops and he's like, go get my fucking car back because you know, obviously he stole the car, but apparently it's illegal to have a honky tonk. I, well, no, I think it's illegal. Like it's just frowned upon socially to be white and in a honky tonk. Well, no, because they shut the whole place down. I know. It's like he just like, hey, you know that club that's totally yours and not ours. Get out. It's or, so or, weird. Like, it's going into like someone's apartment and being like, get out. And they're like, well, can't argue. Well, with he that. did bring up uh, yeah, and selling alcohol to minors, but I mean, how does he know that immediately? Well, I don't know. He's like, well, he just threatens it. I mean, and they're just like, damn, we don't want to run in with the cops. And he says like this really like awful racist things. He's like, this place is starting to match my mood. Dark and stinky. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. awful. Oh, and then he brings up like, smells like the devil's weed in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, everybody beat it. And then he's like. You listen to me, boy. And then he gives him like this wide eyed, like authoritarian thing. And he's like, everybody hears, you know, the same and stuff. And he's like, stop with all that, you know, stuff. And so he hits him across the face. And then the next scene is him just sitting in the back of a cop car. And you hear like this off screen dialogue of like, and I would love to see these charges that they were going to. Uh, I think it was bringing minors into a honky tonk. Yeah. I'd love that to be like on his criminal record. I would love that. So you were arrested for 10 years to life for bringing minors into into a honky tonk. -tonk. How do you please? Now remind me again what a honky tonk is. I don't think I quite understand what it is. I'm not sure. Is this a bit like a boot scootin' boogie? Because I'm not sure what that is either, but it sounds similar. Pray tell, what is that? It's probably close. You know what? I'm just going to gavel it. Fuck you. You're guilty. Fuck honky tonks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Screw the jury. Just guilty. Yeah, no, I'm the judge. Fuck you. I'm almost done with my term anyway. I'm probably not going to get reelected. Fuck it. I mean, you might as well go out with a bang and buy a bang. I mean, now you're getting executed by firing squad. Yep. And gavel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Realistic sound of a gavel. And I do enjoy seeing Seth Green get manhandled all five foot one of him or five foot two. He's like, run from the cop. And the cop just like grabs him and like picks him up like a sack of potatoes. He is a very tiny man. (laughs) He's small. And and then Ray Liotta's like, son, I don't ever want to see you honky talking. Oh my God. And he's like, but dad, those those cops treated all those people really bad and this was where the most confusing line is in the entire movie he says that's not your fight son yeah what not yet yeah that made no sense not yet wait is there and i was like wait is there like a sequel or something where wade becomes like a civil rights fighter and gets like his own movie like selma like yeah is that what's yeah, that going to happen? He says, it's not your fight, not yet. Like, is he priming him to be like a... Or a vigilante Southern justice Christian taking down corrupt, corrupt policemen? Yeah, he's like protesting for social justice. I'm like, just throwing the not yet in there is like, wait, 
Huh? Yeah, hold on. What are you are you breeding a war machine? What's going on here? Very strange. <laughs> so here he gives it he I would say he gives him an ultimatum, but he doesn't even. He's just like Sunday, you're apologizing to the congregation. Why? And then Monday, you're shipping off to the military. <laughs> By the way, the military scene is incredible. It's one scene. Oh, I love that. They, it's in one hangar, but we'll get to that in a minute. I wanted to address the, uh, are you familiar with the school to prison pipeline? Yeah. Well, this is the honky tonk to army pipeline. Yep. Hon- honky tonk to army pipeline. I mean, that's, I mean. Everyone knows about that. That's ev- that's that was everywhere in the South in the, in the 40s. Fifties, yeah, you know, so you see him serenading soldiers in the army, just in like this flat yeah. bunker because they couldn't actually afford to show him going through basic or any shit. Like yeah, no, that. he he's so, on top of like a truck, like the engine block thing with a guitar. I don't know how he got that in the army, probably because fuck you, I guess. Um, and he's just singing away, and then this fucking drill sergeant guy comes in. And he's just like, "What the fucking Sam is going on in here? You guys, are, I got, I got some motors busted over there. I need three axles repaired in my motor pool, and you guys are singing along, like." And but then it's a reversal because he's like, "Now get back up there, boy, and keep singing. Like, oh, it's you're so good." And then, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's how no. he gets out of, like, he avoids duty and responsibility just because he's good with the guitar. Yeah. Uh, and then the fucking, oh, my God, I love the the voiceover here. It's just like, and in the armor, he prote- he perfected his voice. Like, oh, God. He per- he was perfected his craft in the army. Oh, my, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and so he gets home. He's living, I think, with his parents, and the first um, Drexel Hemsley record comes out, like this single that he keeps playing over and over. No, 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 no. We have to talk. And we I have to talk about like the, the discovery whole- scene first. So he, uh, uh, no, yes. his his mom, like, hears it just randomly. Like, I don't know. So she has the record, and she walks up to Ray Liotta, and she's just like, "He cannot hear this," and he's like, mm-hmm, "No, he cannot." Cause you, cause yeah, you can't, cause obviously they know that he, that's their, his identical twin or some shit, but like, oh yeah, because they promised, um, poor mom and poor dad that they would never tell, um, Wade about them being his real parents and that he was, um, adopted basically until they were dead. Yeah. So they've got like this letter that he finds way later in the film for both of them to be like, oh yes, there was a twin brother or some shit along the way. So, so he, and then he... Apparently he got a job doing package something that's never addressed. He just has it, which is fine, but he gets, well, like he's fixing his dad's car and he's like, I got to go to the mechanic to get this fixed. And then he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to need this part. And like, like the context of, uh, so this is Joe Pontigliano, AKA cypher from the matrix. And he's like this, you know, bald ass mechanic. And he's like, oh, well, you know, your way around this. Don't you? And he says, I know when I need to take it to a real mechanic. And then he immediately he offers him a job. A real mechanic and mentioning that Joe Pontigliano is, he immediately offers him a job. Yep. Yeah. Cause, cause obviously like, I'll yeah. give you $10 a week and all you can eat. And he does barbecue Friday. That is fucking enticing. Don't you? Right. Like that is the best pitch for a job. And he's like, 
nah, I like being a USPS jo- jockey. Yeah, and, he, and the guy's even just like, man, it, it'll be great. We'll just work on car- cars all day and listen to Drexel Hemsley, a thing you enjoy, and we'll be buddies, and it'll be cool. And he's just like, nah, I'm going to go keep delivering packages because that's what I do. Like, fucking, that's dumb. That's what I'm good at after being in the army and honky-tonking. Instead of doing what I did in the army, a mechanic, as as my actual job. Me driving around, delivering shit. You know, it's not like I have a skill that I learned while I was, you know, doing the army well, obviously they, I'm gonna obviously they needed him to be a package delivery man to service the story so he could read it or meet his real mother. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you my real mom? I don't know. Deliver a few packages, then I'll tell you. What? Like, that is the most convoluted way. We're, we're skipping ahead of it. I don't give a shit. Um, that is the most convoluted way to be like, okay, we need him to meet his real mother once. Like, this needs to happen. How do we do that? Make him a delivery guy, and she's sick in the hospital. And someone lets oh. it slip at the front desk. And that's that's how he does it. Like, fucking how? This is coincidence the movie. It is ridiculous. None of this shit makes any it, sense. Oh, you're right. Can we backpedal a yeah, bit? Yeah, of course. Because I want to mention something. Um, He's like watching Drexel Helmsley at home on the TV. Yep. And he's he's like, it's so weird. I even know his next dance move. Yep. Like, it's some bullshit contrived, like, twin tuition, and I'm like, there is no fucking way you know his next fucking dance move. Like, Oh, my God. Like, even in, like, cliche-ridden movies, that is not a fucking thing that you're just like, I know his every dance move, and every bowel movement, and every vomit talk, and- Yeah, I know what he's gonna say next. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so bad. Okay, so yeah, he's delivering this package to the place where did he know that that Louise worked there, or is it like a coincidence? Oh, it's another coincidence. Oh, he's like, oh, hey, romantic interest, didn't know you worked here, and then this ner- and then this other nurse is like, oh, hey, this thing that's supposed to be a secret, Drexel Hemsley's mom is up. Well, there. it's be- oops, not a secret anymore. Well, they they, te- they say it because she because she thinks it's him for a second, like, oh, I thought you were going to see your mom. But no, you did anyone tell you you look just like him? Like, that's why she told him. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than just, oh, hey, casually drop this in conversation. Hey, by the way, random guy, no, it's it. he is an identical twin. So on, well, well, we, uh, we have to go back for half a second. The, on the TV that he was watching, the, the song he's singing is like, man, that was written for my mom, blah, blah, blah. On the, the actual Drexel. So when he goes up to see his actual mom, he's he's just like, man, he talks to... Because he, he obviously doesn't know that that's his real mom as well. So he goes up there and he's just like, sorry, ma'am, I'm just a, I'm just a real big fan. And uh, I wanted to, to, to see how you were doing or some shit. Pray near you and wish you luck. Yeah, yeah. Something like so, that. So then she reaches out her hand and be like, my son, oh boy. Um, and so he starts singing that song because, uh, sappy non-existent bullshit that doesn't work on anybody ever to this level. Anyway, this is so so bad. Poor mom is dead. Yeah, she dies. And so, oh yeah. And he goes down and he asks Louise out on a date and she's like, no, 
I have a boyfriend. And here's where I thought it would get interesting. And that invisible boyfriend would actually turn out to be Drexel. That would have been amazing. I would have loved that. Which is why like the mother's staying there and I'm like, oh, well, that will tie the thread together. (laughs) um, That would have been the funniest thing. I would have loved that so much. Yeah, that would have made it more like a comedy of manners. Like, oh, like we're both interested in the same woman. This is that like that's like way better writing. But instead, it's like I have a boyfriend and he's like, oh, I guess I just have to give up. And then he like, doesn't he accept the job at the. uh, Yeah. At at the mechanic immediately afterwards. He's like, like, well, that served the plot. I'm going to go get a job as a mechanic now. Yeah. And he's like, you started five minutes ago. And I'm like, but what about paperwork? Don't you like a W4 or something? It's it's the 50s. Who gives a fuck? Uh, well, $10 a week and barbecue Fridays had me at the beginning. Yeah. No, you're good. And so he's like, oh, man, I'm all broken up because um, she's got a boyfriend. And he's like, you don't give up. You just harass her until she says, yes. buy her flowers. Basically. That'll do it. He's like, you hunker down and you bully the shit out of her emotionally until she says yes. Just a cup of coffee. I hate this kind of patriarchal bullshit where it's like, you just have to go sing a romantic song enough. Uh, What she does. And guess what? Sure enough, they show up outside of her gated community. And like, while he serenades her, like Joe Pontigliano mechanic goes with him to sing the song to ask her out. Yeah, sure does. Like, because what he, does well, he have to gain from the grand romantic gesture? Is he going to like propose a fucking three-way? Well, no, he was his backup singer. I don't know why he brought him, but I guess he needed a backup singer. Well, and then even then, um, the cops show up and she's like, she's like, every time I see you, there's always the police around. And the way she fucking delivers that line it it seems like it came like it wasn't prefaced at all i mean yeah there was police last time but like the way like it the conversation she just says it it comes out of nowhere there's no lead up it's like she's just like one what the uh what's his face ryan's just like come on man one 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 coffee it'll be fine nothing will happen and she's just like and then the cops show up you call this call the cops on me no why is it always that like the the fucking jump is ridiculous. It makes no, like nobody just jumps. Why are the cops always involved with us? It's like it was written for the trailer and sure enough, it's in the goddamn trailer. Oh, it is. And so, um, she, she's like, okay, okay, I'll go for one cup of coffee. And she's like, but Joe, you got to come with. Yeah. Cause I'm into that. And he's like, Hmm. Oh, and this is the like one of my next favorite parts is that it just jumps ahead a few years. Yep. So like the voiceover just yep. says, and that was one good cup of yeah, coffee. Yeah, oh my god, I love that. <laughs> that was one good cup of coffee. What? It jumps to like 1960 and it uh-huh. shows them buying a house. And I'm like, wait, yep. wait, wait, hold uh-huh. on. <laughs> Fill in the middle part there. I don't think I think it's perfect as it is. I loved it. i know but it's like she said okay so typically i hate it because like you know when someone's like oh i have a significant other you say okay i will leave you alone now yeah but in this case it's like oh well i guess i didn't love that guy i love you because of coffee and then it just kind of glosses over that and they're married 
Yep. It's almost like it was just edit. Like there was other stuff that they might have shot, but they just whittled it down. They're like, meh, people aren't smart enough to get that big intellectual leaps that this movie is going for. Oh, yeah. Intellectual leaps. <laughs> oh, and I love the uh, there's a video, uh, a music video that Drexel Hemsley releases. It's called Sunrise Surf. No, no, no. It's supposed so. Because Elvis is, was in a bunch of movies, it was supposed to be like a, a Drexel Hemsley movie. Oh, yeah, because I thought it was a um, yeah, it was just a music video. No, 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 because because Elvis was in movies and shit. Oh, it was just so bad. It's like yep, an elementary school kid wrote it. Like I'm on the beach. There's some women around and they're all for me and stuff. No, it, yeah, <laughs> one of the, one of the lines in the song was like, boys and girls everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think the best song is City Lights from this movie. The city lights are shining. Yeah. City boy, country girl. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to experience this for yourself, go and buy the fucking soundtrack. I'm going to do it. You should do no, it. No, I don't want to. Oh. Every, oh. <laughs> Aaron. Now I have you to. You kind of want now, to. God damn it, Cameron. Now I have to. You jerk. God damn it. <laughs> also, if the studio would like to send us free copies of the soundtrack as well and the movie... We would appreciate it because we're giving you publicity. Yeah, all those 12 people that listen to us. I know. Any press is good press. That's true. Oh, so he's like um, at like a club or something, and he reunites with Dino, who's now rocking like a Jesus-style haircut. And when he greets him, he's like, my main man, pots and pans, what's shaking, bacon? (laughs) Yep. Because that's how people talk now. That's a thing. It's like, hey, you know how the title card said we're in 1960? Well, I don't think you got it. So here's a bunch of early 60s later. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, I got one of those ex-wives everybody talks about. Like twice, right? I don't remember that. Yeah, and so um, his wife basically, beca- um, Louise becomes his manager because he starts to become successful imitating his twin. And the irony is not lost on us here at the catastrophe. Center. No, not at all. Well, f- well, first, well, like first he has to time, do the, like, he has to, what he, he does the fucking, uh, what you call it? The L he does the impersonation contest. Yes. No, this is the part where Drexel actually shows up and rather than going, holy fuck, that looks just like yeah. me. He's like, slow clap. That's your winner. Yeah, because uh, obviously the judges don't get a say. But I mean, I guess it makes sense. Why the fuck was he there? I thought they were going to explain that like Drexel heard about. This no, he just walks guy. the fuck in. So, well, there was a shot there, too, where. It, it played a little bit of ominous music, which is actually very noticeable in the movie where it's all like honky-tonks and gibbet jams. There's some girls over there. Like, that's all the music. And then there's like some fucking ominous-ass music as this black limo shows up and a bunch of dudes in black in uh, like leather jackets come out of it and walk towards the theater. I'm just like, I don't, is it going to be like 
a really badass quartet of all guys who look like him and they're, they're like harmonizing shit. Like, is that what that's going to be? And he's going to lose? No, it's just him and his bodyguards, which probably makes less sense. Why would he be there? I don't know. Oh, Aaron, I forgot something in my notes. So, um, some, like I had like a separate section for voiceover stuff. So back in the first club, like the honky tonk before he goes off to the army and is arrested. Um, the voiceover says this is a this is one of the places for the birth of rock and roll, and yet oh, the lyrics yeah. that he sings are boogie woogie rock and roll. Yep. So at this point, rock and roll isn't a thing yet. So how can he know boogie woogie rock boogie and roll Rock and roll. Boogie woogie woogie. Rock and roll. You're gonna woogie woogie. You're gonna rock and rock and roll. Rock and rock and boogie. Boogie rock and roll. There you go. That's all the songs in this movie. Check out the catastrophe section re recording of all the songs of the identical in stores next year. Yeah, can we please? Let's do this. I'm down. City lots. City lights coming down on the stars. There's a country bird so like, and a shitty girl. I just sound like I in just this movie like after like the huge marriage time jump. It's just like they might as well have just also called it like broad strokes the movie. Yep. Because like he becomes an imitator. He's like that's the winner. Drexel leaves. Never notices that the guy who's playing his identical in all of like the B side circuit stuff is doing that. And so to show he's making a lot of money, it shows his manager oh my who discovered him at his desk holding piles of money and then he throws <laughs> it into the air and makes it rain. Yes. Oh, I fucking love that shot. That shot's one of my favorite of the movie cuz cuz it show cuz it comes out of nowhere. Like it's showing like it shows the band <laughs> So it shows the band and there's all this like, oh man, we're on tour and all of us have to sleep on the bus. So they're pulling the covers this way. They're pulling the covers that way. And then they're like, they're on stage and they're backstage and they're all happy. And then it cuts back to him and he's just holding like two piles of money and he's shaking them. He like kisses them. And then I'm like, oh God, they're going to fucking do it. And then it goes back for a little sec, a, a second or two. Like they're happy. They're on the road. They're doing a show. There's a bunch of girls. And then he's like, throws the money in there, the air. And it's not connected to any of the other shots in that montage in fact the way they do montages in this movie is crazy because they're all they're always like there's like it it looks so fucking crazy because they'll match it they'll match shots that have nothing to do with it it when the rest of the montage yeah it really does and it's almost like in reshoots they're like oh we didn't convey yeah. enough that or hammer home that he's being successful how do we convey that man we can go to his office and shoot like you know a five minute thing of him just being happy and throwing the money up in the air man that would take that Perfect. would take uh we could do that with three crew we could do that in in tw in 20 minutes of uh, shooting time not not set up and all that and just like done go do it we get we need this by tuesday okay so it's like 1962 when he becomes an imitator and wins the contest. Um, and then it's 1967 after the montage 
And he's like writing his own material in yeah. the studio. And his manager says, what are you doing? That's not one of Drexel's songs. We're booked two years out. Exposition. Yep. Bickety boop. Hey, we're successful. Why like, you want to ruin that with your own shit? <laughs> and he's like, you got to only do Drexel stuff. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to, I'm going to write my, I want to write my own stuff too. And he's like, you can't do that. I own you. And he's like, you can't talk to me like that. I quit. Yeah. Oh, in the very next scene, (laughs) there, there's a part before this where like, he's getting all the money and stuff where it like, this wasn't during the montage, but it goes back to a shot of uh, what's her face. Luis, um, like opening the mailbox and it's a letter from him and it's got like three checks on in it and she could not be happier. She just like the, she sees the letter and she's like, Oh cool. And then she sees one check and she's like, Oh, and then there's three more. And she's like, Oh, like that is the only reason. Like, yeah, he wrote to me. I don't give a shit. Oh money. All right. She, wouldn't she be like sad that like, Oh man, my husband's away all the time. I never get to see him. Oh money. All right. This is a good fucking deal. I got a nice house. Blah. Oh, oh shit. Oh, I oh, remember no, we the, need to, the we voiceover need to go back really kind quick. of actually addressed that. She said, even though he traveled for 200 days out of the yeah. year, it was it did come with its benefits. And she it's like all five thousand dollar checks. Yeah. We we have to go back for half a second. There was a shot in the uh in the montage where they buy the house. And you know how it's always like the sign, then they remove the the sold sign. It's like, we did it. We bought a house. Like that's the shot for every, that's the shot for every house buying thing. But they cannot, this production company cannot create a logo for shit. Because what it says, it just says Realty Incorporated. And then it's just a shitty like picture of a house. It's not even a picture. It's like a, like, (laughs) it's like that shitty, like two lines in the triangle on top. Like it's that. And then it just says Realty Incorporated. And she just like picks up the sign and it's like, good job. Oh, that comes back too. Cause if you, there's a, there's a point in this where he gets, um, when he, after he records his, his music, this is like right after this, where we were. After he records his music and he comes up with the song City Lights, um, he goes to City of Peace Records. Now, what I noticed is during the beginning of the uh, of, of the movie, like they have like the pre-credit, the, the pre-show stuff, and it shows who produced it and all the production companies. One of them was City of Peace. City of Peace Pictures. Like you couldn't even come up with a different name for a company that does records. That was probably one of the conditions of them financing the film. I, well, no, because here's the thing. The logo was the same logo they used as like his medallion, like the Drexel medallion on it, like the Jewish whatever sort of symbol that it's, he, he has around his neck all the time. Oh, you see, I thought that was like the symbol for pie. No, it's it, that way because they wearing. bring it up later with the when they have the what what is it? Um, the 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 the, the dwarf impersonator of, of him. He's just like, man, you, you even have one of his, what you calls it? I don't remember what it's called. And he's like, yeah, do you, did you know he was half Jewish? Like, so, appa- oh yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Inspirational guy at the bar near the yeah. end. Yeah. So apparently, I, I, I honestly think that's like this director's company and he could not think of another name to call a record company. So just like, eh, city of peace. It's more blah, blah, blah. Also, um, uh, on the city of peace thing, when he leaves the studio, 
the city of peace records studio the only it like it is a regular like it's a shitty brick building and the only way you can tell it's that company is there is a shitty piece of yellow paper that covers a window that just says city of peace on it like there's no big sign there's nothing you like you could tell they spent no money on this shot and it's just like have them walk out of we found a building it's okay how do we make it a fucking how do we how do we tell the audience that this is this is this record company fucking slap a sign in it. It'll, it'll say city of peace. Well, they'll know it'll be fine. No one will notice like, Oh guys, you gotta, you gotta put more effort into this shit. We notice it's bad. Oh, Oh. And after he quits, um, from being the, um, identical, like, you know, there's no consequences really. He goes out to the <laughs> car and I wrote down, I had to rewind it because the voiceover had, the weirdest line because she's talking about dreams and then it, it the line goes literally sometimes dreams take a backseat to just plain hell yep that uh-huh i was like what does that I mean <laughs> i don't understand what are you trying to say aaron you have to give up your dreams you know of being a f- filmmaker for just plain health oh oh do i Yes. <laughs> oh man. I guess I I guess not, I got to do not, that. Not for just health, but you know, just plain health. No other type of health allowed. I can't have good health. Just I have to have plain health, man. Yeah, just plain. Otherwise health. it'd be too good. Like a bagel. No cream cheese, no nothing. Just plain. Yeah, exactly. Also Jewish. Yeah, you're Jewish. Yeah, we're going to go back we're going back to Jewburg. Uh, I thought we weren't going to go back. To I think that. we should go back to Jewburg. Jewville. Jewburg. You mean Israel? Oh my God. Oh, 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 I just remembered. Oh shit. Do you remember that, that where they go over, where they fucking, they bring up the six day war and then they immediately forget about it. Oh yes! I remember that? Yes! It's like there was a bunch oh, of stuff in this, and then so so. If for those of you who don't know what the Six Day War, it's basically um, Israel got attacked by Jordan and Egypt and Syria, I think, in in sixty seven, and they won because they didn't. The Arabian countries didn't talk to each other to be like, hey, we should all attack at the same time. No, they did it one at a time. Anyway. So they bring that up in the movie, like out of goddamn nowhere, like randomly it shows a shot and it's like today, like it's a newscast of all like the like bombers going over stuff and blowing stuff up. And it's like today, today, 1967, the Syrian border that came over and attacked Israel. Like it's it, out of goddamn nowhere. And it this this serves no plot. It's never brought up again. It's just there. There's no, like, it, it, cause, cause, uh, they use it, like, the only thing they use it for is, um, his dad being a preacher is just like, man, we gotta pray for those Israelis. So, cause that they're the God's chosen people. And then it's gone. That's it. It's gone. They, they bring it up for two seconds and it's like, yeah, that happened. All right, let's go. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't it affect. It wasn't even thematically linked to anything that happened no, in the movie. No, it doesn't affect any characters. It doesn't affect anything at all. Uh, well, they even like even um, in his uh, sermon about it, he's just like, "Now, what does this have to do with us in Tennessee?" It has everything to do with us. I'm like, I don't think you know what everything means. I think you mean 
maybe a little if you care about them. And then, yeah, sure, go ahead. But no, that doesn't mean you're going to get killed by by Egyptian T-55s coming over the fucking Tennessee River, blowing up your shit in your shit shack. That's not fucking happening. You don't need to worry about... Tennessee River? Yeah, you don't need to worry about uh, Egyptian and fucking Jordanian tanks rolling over your front lawn because, oh no, they got the Israelis. Like, no, you are a ridiculous human. I, I understand you you care for the plight of them, but I, I, that doesn't mean that the, like... Oh my God. Why did they bring it up? I it doesn't, it's bothering me. Why? Why is it in this movie? Oh, <laughs> the same reason there isn't so much in this movie, like the courting process, the marriage <laughs> itself. Yeah. Oh man. And we never saw what he put into her coffee that day, but let's just say it was potent. That was some damn good coffee. oh this movie's fucking amazing i want to know where they got their coffee i i think i need to watch this again i'm not i'm gonna buy this i I, like oh i love this i honestly think this is good enough for me to buy and i don't buy these i on blu-ray you have to get no i'm seriously considering buying this on blu-ray I, I love See, it. See, aren't you glad I suggested this one? Yes. It it was a good find. Oh my god, I loved it. <laughs> mm. Um Um well let's save that for later. Let's finish uh the plot. Yeah, well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um the next big thing I just wanted to mention that the costume design in this movie is the fucking worst. Yep. Who designed it? It's basically like a studio basement drawer of like, oh, well, we used all these for all these biopics and actual things yeah. back in the 70s. You can have 10 of the worst of so, them. So, well, everything, like, they, the, the, the assumption of wardrobe is people only wore browns and, and pale blue and, and brown and black, and that's what the 50s look like. It's like, no, you, I don't, no, that's not, that's not true. In fact, at the end of the show, what I recommend will have way better stuff. But anyway. Mm-hmm. And so the next big event is Drexel Hemsley sitting on an airplane oh, yeah. that crashes <laughs> and die, and he dies. And uh-huh. the way that this plays out, it might as well have just been a shaky cam because it just shows him um, wearing the same outfit as the beginning of the film. Yeah. And every, like driving no. through the and every single shot of him. He never changes clothes. Yes. Yeah, from like 62 to 72, he is dressed the exact same. He smells terrible. Oh, I'm sure he does. Or he has 12 of everything. Which is why he's on a plane by himself. Yeah, he's on a fucking private jet, and he's just looking out the window once again, drinking booze. And then, like, he he shakes, like, you can tell, like, they didn't shake the camera. He shook himself. You can tell. He's like, oh, oh yeah. no. The cheapest and then he like plane crash yeah. ever. He's just like, oops, some turbulence yeah. that so looks he like a seizure. Goes to buckle up. And then it like, oh no. Like you could tell like all they did was shake the camera and then it's like, okay, go, shake, go, action. Oh. <laughs> and they so tried to make um Drexel like a Joan Jet who died tragically in like a plane crash and there's like a really bullshit like news report yeah. right after that where it's like Drexel Helmsley passed away today um people are at his ancestral home in uh Alabama Alabama C yeah. tennis tennis Bama wherever the fuck it is 
Um, and they are um, on a daily basis. That is a literal line. On a daily basis, people are there. Yep. And so um, Wade is brooding. I think there's another slight time jump here. He's got like a bearding. He's bearding now. Oh, super, oh, like oh, bearded no, 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 no. We forgot a thing. So when, oh, what? oh my God. I thought this, this threw me for a fucking loop. And I thought something else had happened. So, so when like it's, it's intercut with, um, between Drexel and, and, uh, Ryan, when Drexel is in the plane crash, Ryan collapses. Do you remember that? Yeah. So I thought he died also because he was in a plane crash. So when he came back with the beard, I'm like, cause I didn't recognize him immediately. Cause Cause he didn't have the square face as fuck. He didn't look as much as like Frankenstein, but I, I thought he oh. just died. I honestly thought he died because his twin died, which would have been amazing. Fuck this movie. Oh, I, I, it would have been amazing if that happened. Cause he just collapses on the floor and it's like, Oh no. Like what's his face? The, the mechanic guy's like, oh, the mechanic Joe Ponce. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly thought he died from being a twin. <laughs> Honestly, if he's the mechanic, shouldn't it be Jason Statham? I mean, probably. Oh, yeah, you better oh, collapse you did it. Hello, and welcome to the catastrophe section. I'm Jason Statham from the Transporter series of films, also from Expendables. I'm, I'm open to questions. Would you like to ask me a question? Yes, I'd love to All ask right. you a question, Mr. Statham. My name is Jason Statham. Um, is it true that you actually opened up a mechanic-themed Jason Statham fan emporium slash mechanic shop in England? Well, actually, it was a transport-themed one, but then all the trains, all the cars broke down, so I got it. I remembered, oh, yeah, it was in that mechanic thing, so I, I rushed all down to the mechanic store, I got me a wrench, and I got me a fucking uh, Jimmy John. And I'll go way down the way back down. You, I got one way back down to the depot. I'll go over and say, I won't fix these fucking cars because I, I was in the mechanic and I was like, I'll fucking do that. Wait, so you think that because you were in a movie titled The Mechanic that you're a mechanic? That's right. Um, okay. Mm. Um, there's also a film of yours that um, I really like. Oh, yeah. It's called Parker. So does that mean that you also think that you know how to parkour? Well, actually, it's 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 a uh, that movie was about the transporter when he got real old and had to park his car for good. There was a whole movie based around him parking and say that yeah, car and saying goodbye to his old life. Wait, why was this not in the advertising? I should fucking watch the movie, you dumb cunt. <laughs> Why are you getting hostile during the interview? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, you know, Britishisms and such. Oh, okay. Bring me a pint of leaders. All I've got is this court. A, a cork? Oh, no, I only have a yardstick. Do you have corgis? not on the metric system. Do you have corgis? I have this... Mini Corgi. I'll take it. You're going to take my dog? Yeah. Why? Because I'm fucking J.E. Statham. I can do what I fucking Fine. want. 
Goodbye. Here you go. This is my dog now. And Goodbye. Oh, you're such a cute little fucking corgi. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> oh, Aaron, you're back. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. I think I blacked out. Oh, you got to stop I, using ether on yourself. No, I, I got to stop my twin from getting in plane crashes, man. Oh, it fucking sucks. I don't have a twin anymore. Killed him. Mine broke. Well, no, 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 no. The, that was a doppelganger. That's a difference. You're supposed to kill your doppelganger. Aaron, you're not supposed to be in a doppelgang. I get it. Because gang. You know that so back the to the identical. <laughs> the identical. Yay. So, Where um, the fuck he, were we? Like, fast forward to a contrived scene where Louise and Wade are both at like his, like Ryan Wade are both at like his dad's Ray Liotta. Who's got like this really awful old age makeup because they probably ran out of money. Oh my God. Or they filmed this first because they knew that they wouldn't be able to get any more funding. And he's like, Oh, well you just gotta let that third death go, you know, son. And the have not in a booba up. And he's like, so dad, so, uh, how are you doing? Oh, nothing much. Um, Except the board asked me to uh, resign on Monday. Yep. Why do you start with nothing much if the board is asking you to resign? That seems like something that you should, you know, not put a nothing much in front of. So the weird thing about this scene is when he says the board asked me to resign, he seems sad about it. And then the sentence after that, he's like, yeah, I can finally retire. Like immediately contradicting what how he delivered that last line. Yeah. It's exactly like when... um. Um, Wade quit being the identical. The exact next scene is a shot of the glass house of uh, like the glass door of their house. And it's just like, oh yeah. Scene where he like sees his wife and they kiss and there's like this loving, like guitar strum. And then you just see her lead him into what is presumed to be the bedroom. They're like, oh, it's so fine. Now that we're homeowners and who know who needs the jobs or whatever. Glossing well, over. And then it, uh, and then the well no then the, then the in that when that happened she's just like and then we fa- it was like we fell in love all over again, and they did. Mm. Squee sex and music. And then he's totally like you know because they ask um Pastor Leota to retire because he's like I've been doing it forty years and then apparently someone in the congregation called him out for giving the same sermon that he gave a year ago. Oh no! Because of Alzheimer's or something, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, one speech, one one sermon was the exact same. Man, we gotta get rid of him. Man, fuck that guy. Forty years of preaching, he's never repeated himself before. It's a, it's bet, it's bet, like, it's been a year. Who who would remember that if it was like two weeks? It's like, man, I could have sworn he said this a while ago. Like. like it was like a couple months, but a fucking year. Who who's who's it sitting in the in the front of that congregation taking notes? Like, man, I gotta, oh, I got, oh, man, I gotta write all this down in case he says something you know, fucking the same. Mm. Like, it Aaron. sounds like someone was after him. Oh yeah, we're at the almost heart attack, and I wish that there had just oh, been yeah. an added line because he's like, you gotta stop feeling sorry for yourself and get back. He's uh, like, grabs his chest and he's like, oh no. Yep. He, I wish that they'd had some like bullshit line because this is like obvious coincidence. The movie, it would have been like, damn it, boy, you're going to give me a heart attack. 
He so his heart attack acting is equal to that of Sanford from Sanford and Son. Oh, it's the big one, Elizabeth. <laughs> like it is that <laughs> level of acting here. That's it. That's he's that good. Oh yeah, you know yeah, that's all he can fucking do. Oh, it's the big one. Oh, I'm going down. Oh no, there's a heart attack coming. Woo! <laughs> that is his heart attack. Soliloquy about it. And then he starts yelling about his pills, because obviously everyone just yells about pills whenever anything's going wrong. Get my pills! Oh, no! Oh, Lordy! He's all, get, like, let's just put a bunch of pills in his room that he can't discern which is the actual pill or not. Why, like, if they're so fucking life-saving pills, how are they so hard to find as well? Like, fucking, Ryan runs the fuck across the fucking house and he's just like, shit, where is him? Where is him? Blah, 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 blah. Like, forever. If they're that goddamn important, shouldn't they be, like, on a counter in plain view? Very easily spotted. I don't know. Talking to his son about all that stuff just works him up, I guess. Oh, okay. Because stakes but which are totally taken away when he gets a phone call like not two minutes later that's like it was a minor one your father's fine goodbye yep well no no no, well, the letter. Well, no 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 first it's uh oh god what do you call it um he uh oh god Her, the mom's like he really wants to see aren't you coming down he really wants to see you and he's just like now nah, i'm gonna go roam the countryside on a bike goodbye see ya Bye. And he just leaves. Man, my dad had a heart attack. I guess I'm I'm going now. Goodbye. Well, no, he leaves because he finds the letter in the attic. Yeah, while his... Oh, yeah, because he does... Oh, yeah, because he doesn't go and, and see his dad first. And then he finds the letter. Then he promptly leaves. Yes. Yeah. Um. That's and- the order. So, like, he's reading the letter. It shows a bunch of really, like, uh, like footage we've already seen of, like, poor mom and poor dad burying the empty shoebox, which was empty. Um, <laughs> and it just says, like, the last line of the letter is some weird-ass line that really should have been proofread that's like, you have an identical twin brother reading a letter just like this right now. Yep. And I'm like, wait, so wait, did, did Drexel know before he did? Because, I mean... Or did he not know before he died? We never know because he's basically not no, I a don't, character in this I movie. don't think he knew because they're supposed to... Well, maybe they told him. I don't you think he would have said something him. like, hey, bro, you think, like, if they told him, he'd probably want to meet him, right? Like, so I don't think they told him at all because obviously they, it was planned upon their, both of, the, the, both of uh, Drexel's parents' deaths because it was written by them, right? Right. But if so, I was Drexel, and that, uh, and but I but he meets his dad later. If I went, if I was Drexel and I went and saw my identical when he declares him the winner, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, that guy looks just like me." What if he? Yeah. What if we're like related or something. Are you boys like related or something? Yeah, I get that a lot. Don't look into that. And it's never brought up because you know. Well, like smart I mean, like, they don't even. Say- those guys you are think they tell their kid that he's adopted at least. Yeah, exactly. So weird. And then like it shows Ray Liotta while um Wade is driving away and he's like shaking cuz he finds that um Wade now knows that he, um he was adopted by 
Pastor Leota and all them. And he's like shaking like a leaf. And I'm like, does he have Parkinson's or is he just old? Like there is no reason he's, to be no, shaking he's just that old. much. He's just old and doesn't know how to act old. None That's of the true. people that are old in this movie know what old is. It just makes you slower. You're just slower. That's it. That's all there is to the movie. Yeah. It takes a lot longer to do the things that you can do, and you can't do a whole lot of things that you can do when you're younger. It's so weird. Okay, and so one thing that was confusing to me was he goes to Drexel Hemsley's house where he was born, yep. and it's abandoned, completely abandoned except for this old woman in there, yet the news said yep. after the death that everyone was there lighting vigils on a daily basis. Well, that was a while ago, wasn't it? That was supposed to be a long time. A long. Oh, I think so. Yeah. But I think on a daily basis, like they're just going against the mythos of the uh, that, and there's nobody there. Like the most beloved rock and roll person in, like you know, the world, presumably. Oh, and also, yeah. I want to bring up something else. So they're not even having him be like a stand-in for Elvis because his when he quits being the identical, he, he, he mentions that there is an Elvis. So this is like the real world. Yeah, he does. So he's not a stand in for Elvis because Elvis also exists there, but Drexel Helmsley who looks and his act is exactly like Elvis. Isn't imitating Elvis. It's a world where Elvis and him are making the same music at the same time in history. Yep. Which makes no sense. Nope. What'd you expect? So just omit. Elvis from being mentioned and not have to pay the royalties or, or not. It just doesn't make sense to be like, Oh, well, we're not going to have him, but we're going to have him. And then also, the yeah, video. it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, just something that drove me bonkers. And so like he go, like the woman says, we're closed young man. And he's like, Oh, I heard that he had a twin brother. Is there a grave? And he's like, Oh, she's like, Oh yeah, it's out back. And he only lasted one day. Yep. Clearly. Oh, and that, well, then with the, he, his dad, like his, his bio dad, his biological dad, bio dad, as I call them. Yeah. Poor man. As I call them. Yeah. Poor bio bio dad. dad. Your bio dad. That, that, that's what they're called. Um, he, he's not facing, <coughs> he, he's just at the grave of his son because isn't it like the, uh, well, he's anniversary in of. His yeah. He's in his, um, what you call it? He's in Drexel's, um, his limo. And he's yeah, just he driving around. And if it's like yeah, an anniversary of Drexel's death, it would not be abandoned. No, I don't. I don't think it was. It was probably the uh, the anniversary of his the the twin's supposed death or something. Oh, or that whenever could they be gave it. him away. But I mean, like, if it was that, I mean, they wouldn't just have it be there and not have a whole ton of people because the voiceover says very, very purposefully. They wouldn't have never expected to find him there on that fateful day. So it was just random. All right, that's no, fine. This random. is another I coincidence mean, down in the fucking wrong. bucket. They were meant like no one else except for his father would be there on that fateful day. Something like that. Yeah. So he, regardless, like, Drexel um is like in the ground there. Um, Bio Dad's looking at the grave, and Wade comes up behind him. And without looking at him, Biodad says, you know, he had a twin son and I'm going to break down emotionally and I wish for forgiveness. So he presumes you're already forgiven. 
Yeah, the secret that he was planning on taking to the grave, he presumes to tell to a stranger. Yep, that he hasn't even looked at. Well, he he's not mourning. Uh, he was looking at uh, Ryan's grave, his supposed yeah. grave. Well, no, he he's saying that he regrets. Um, yeah, like giving. Yeah, Ryan but he away wasn't. He was. Yeah. Leota. <laughs> no, but he, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But he wasn't looking at uh, Drexel's tombstone at all, really. That's what I was saying. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like he, he like the secret that he was going to take to his grave that there was a twin son. He just tells a random stranger about it, who he doesn't know is actually Ryan, or he, he doesn't even turn around. He hasn't seen his face. Yeah, or it completely her, contradicts depending. like the whole character's mission. He's like, they can't know this until I'm dead. Unless you're yep. a stranger when I'm at the grave at this one moment, you know. Because, oh, what, what the fuck happens after he's like, oh, it is, it is you. You're my long lost son. Gone. Nothing. Nothing happens. No, no, no. He says, I, I want forgiveness. Wait, no. Backing up. I wonder, like, so, like, he just told a stranger that. I'm wondering if there's a bunch of other times that he told a bunch of other strangers about yeah. that when someone, like, got him um, delivered milk or something or, like, he was picking up a butcher's things and he's like, hey, he gave away a twin son of Drexel's. Ain't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> you know that shoebox we buried? That didn't have a kid in it. That was that was nothing. He He's probably alive somewhere. I don't fucking know. You know that shoebox I bought from you way back in the day? Well, ain't no baby corpse in it. He's alive and I don't know where. Yep. So he's like sobbing at the thing and he's like, oh, I just wish that I could be forgiven for it. And then Ryan puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, you are forgiven. And he looks at him and he's like, it's me, dad. Yep. Oh, God. And so, so many f crazy coincidences. It's nothing but that. And so like the final thing of the movie is the voiceover saying right before um, he goes on stage, he's like, no, like he never told anybody about it. He just went on because like he wrote city lights, which was kind of a hit. So he just goes on performing. He's like, his stage name is still the identical and he plays both his songs and Drexel's songs. And nobody was ever smart enough in the world of the movie to figure out that these two guys that look alike, sound alike, act alike, dance alike, are all these things alike, were actually related at all. Yeah, nobody would look into it. So, uh, <laughs> and so, like, he's singing City Lights, better to do, and he changes it, and his wife, he, he, he just sings, and all I wanted was a wife, and he points to the stage like behind him and his wife is just on stage just standing there pregnant and that's it like that's yep. the movie yep that's it <laughs> yep no it's oh i'm sure we missed some crazy parts but oh my god i feel like the voiceover was put in because i think like the christian themes or like they didn't think that christian audiences would be like you know they're like oh man they've never seen a switched at birth story before we got to be sure to nail this home. Yeah. Way harder yeah. than it needs to be. Oh man. So anything else you want to do to discuss about the plot, Aaron? Oh boy. I don't think we, I mean, I'm sure we missed something cause it's just a pile of crazy, but I, th I think we're good. 
Yeah, me too. So let's move on into our next, uh, not next segment. Does this belong in the catastrophe section? Fucking yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, it fucking does. Oh, this movie is a boatload of fun. I like, I, I can see this getting like a cult afterlife. I think it should. Oh, totally. Like, I, oh, it's so good. And by that, we mean horrendous, but like in such a fun, comical way. It's so over the, it's, it's like Elvis, the, the soap opera. It's so good. Yep. It's like, it's like a documentary, but without any facts. Think of like, uh, oh God, what was it? Walk the line, but double the melodrama and make it Elvis. Yeah. Take out all the stuff that was actually factual and replace it with all the broad strokes and add in a bit of walk hard. And that's what and, you got. And then add in a fucking twin. Yes. And we follow the twin, not the actual famous person. Yes, exactly. It's, this is a fucking crazy movie. It really is. It's like, hey. The whole, like the whole existence of it. Like, I don't understand how they got funding for this movie. I don't understand how they got anybody to do this. Who would read this? Like, who would even listen to the synopsis and be like, yeah, that'd probably be a good movie. Yeah, I think we should do that. That'll probably make some bucks. Like, no. Everyone would be like, the fuck is wrong with you? A twin Elvis movie. I can picture and Ray one Leo of them's an impersonator. Like, Ray, we got an offer for an identical twin Elvis movie. And he's like, how many million? Two. I'm in. I'd, oh, God. It's so okay, bad. So I love let's it. move into counterpoints. Um, yes, please. I want to so, hear these. Aaron, guess how much this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 10. It's got a seven. Seven. All right. Fair. And so most of them are bad. So I'm going to read some of the positive ones and one bad one. So okay. uh, there are four fresh and all the uh, 56 rotten, I think, from what it's saying here. Um, so this is from Diana Sanger from ReviewExpress.com. It just says, heartful story and loved the music. Well, you'd be the <laughs> only it. one who actually loved the music, Diana. So you enjoyed the, mu- the music, but and the story was fine? I'm... I guess that's not the movie. That's not the whole movie. The music is, I mean, yeah, there's certainly a, like there's a decent amount of music in here more than most, most uh, movies, but like, it's not a musical or anything. Like it's not, that's not the movie. Yeah. The movie's a lot, but it's not like a whole lot of music. It's like little excerpts of music. Yeah. And that's certainly a part of it, but it's not the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Next review. Um, Jackie K Cooper, um, writes a what if about Elvis's twin provides good entertainment for those seeking family fun and for diehard Elvis fans. I mean, are those left? I guess. I mean, I guess, but I think Vincent Mancini from filmdrunk.com puts it the best when he writes, um, imagine if Tommy Wiseau from the room was an evangelical Christian Elvis impersonator who made a royalty free biopic starring himself as, as twins. Hell yes. You should see this probably twice. Yep. That's that. It's really true. Yeah. Oh, it really is. is. Um, This guy, that, that guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, Justin Lowe from Hollywood reporter. These are all fresh by the way. 
It says the identical gets the job done adequately enough. This passably palatable film never hits any real high notes, however. It never hits any notes, really. I mean, so... No, not at all. Like, how does a top critic get away with just giving up? You know, it's like... Uh, that happens a lot. We, we've heard a lot of goddamn reviews, and a lot of them are like, meh, it's fine, meh. I'm like, no, you have to take, like, take a stance occasionally. Like, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the one rotten one that I wanted to read was um, um, Linda Cook of the Quad City Times in Davenport, Iowa writes, fans of bad movies, please note, this is a must see. This is so bad it must be seen to be believed. Showgirls bad, a vision that slowly goes wrong, then terribly wrong, then hits disaster levels. In a sense, it's an Ed Woodian exercise in wrong. Yep. And this is also the first movie of um, actual Elvis impersonator competition winner, Brian, um, I mean, Blake Rain. So this is his first screen credit. And I wanted to introduce a quote that he says about acting. He says, oh, no. the acting, ex- like, quote, the acting experience is just l- like opening a secret closet that you never knew existed. Um, Again, what does that mean? Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Invariably nothing. That means literally nothing. Mm, That was my thought. Um, So let me pull up something else here. Uh, There was also some other reviews that I want to get on. Oh, yeah. So the Rotten Tomatoes consensus is with nearly every element ringing as hollow as the ersatz or fake, otherwise Elvis at the story's core, the identical looks destined for a bright future on the ironic viewing circuit. Yay. Yay. My favorite kind. Hooray us. Um, exactly. So Ray Cordova um, from the Arizona Republic wrote Elvis Presley made some bad movies. But let's give the king his due. He never made anything as outright awful as the identical. (laughs) Oh, oh. And here's another thing is that apparently um, in response to the film's negative reception, um, the film's Twitter page underwent a campaign to boost the fan ratings on both Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, including putting the first 15 minutes of the film online for free. Uh, that doesn't mean you can review it if you saw 15 goddamn minutes. I mean, it, they can, like, vote for it to be a stronger rating, so... But it didn't make a difference as far as box office goes. Oh, of course not. Yeah, because it looks like it opened on April 17th, 2014 at the Nashville Film Festival and then opened theatrically, probably picked up by a distributor... Yeah, it was distributed by Freestyle Releasing on uh, September 5th, 2014. I don't understand who would pick this movie up besides people that's just like, yeah, this needs to be seen. It's crazy. Yes. Um. So, Aaron, it doesn't look like there's any Razzies here. Um. The only r- award that I'm finding that it actually won or was even nominated for is the yeah. Houston Film Critics Society Awards. Um, Worst Picture. Yeah, um, worst picture. Yep, the I HFCS. saw that. Yes, and it has yeah, a four point five on IMDb. Um, Aaron, how much did this movie cost to make? Oh God, it's got to be it's got to be low. It's got to be maybe two million, three million. Higher. Really, nine. Higher. 
fucking really no way. Yep. Sure shit. They didn't use it. I know. None of it was on the screen. Oh my God. I know. It was all on writing Um, the music. 15. 16. 16 fucking million dollars on this? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. How? And how much did it make? Uh, it's got to be less than a million. Uh, more. Oh, fuck. Two? It made $2,827,666. Well, at least it's a gigantic flop. Yep. It made um about a million and a half dollars and came in at number 12 ranking in, and opened in about 2,000 theaters in September 2014. Oh. And it wasn't really released in any foreign markets. It was, uh, yeah, it pretty much made like almost no money. But it needs to be mentioned that, uh, oh, yeah, it opened in Brazil and made uh, about $13,000. Who would open that movie in Brazil? I don't know. Someone who thought that it would be a good market. So I, um, the writer of this is named Howard Klossner and his. Whoa, like his like page is he's got a very diverse like CV here. Let me yep. get it pulled up here again. Um, so guess some of the things that he's that he's written. Something Bible-y. Well, yeah, a bit. Well, it looks like he um he wrote Space... He co-authored Space Cowboys, the Clint Eastwood movie in 2000 with Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, and... Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Clint Eastwood, yeah. That's oh, the weirdest Jesus. one. And it looks like he does a... He's done a... Written a bunch of, like, um Christian movies. Like, he, he his first directing credit is a movie that's in post-production right now called The Secret Handshake. Oh God, no! So it looks like he's written a couple of country music things. Um, the plot synopsis of the Secret Handshake, which he both wrote and directed, says oh, no. men and boys it. learn together what it takes to be a man. That is the plot summary. I think we need to watch that whenever it comes out. You know, it looks like it's being produced by Town Square Pictures. Ooh. And he's also, uh, as of May 2014, oh, because he's so freaking, you know, uh, liberal, he's, he will be part of a biopic of Ronald Reagan. Oh, fuck. Right? Of course, it seems like the kind of guy who would. As if you couldn't get any more ham-fisted and conservative than this movie. Along comes a Ronald Reagan biopic. Oh, boy. Oh, and it should also be mentioned that the distributor of this film, Freestyle Releasing, is an independent film chain that has also picked up a couple of Christploitation movies. Oh, naturally. Um, including uh, oh, God's no. Not Dead. Oh, fucking course. Fuck that movie. Um, And Left Behind. <gasps> oh. Another one that we at the catastrophe section need to do. We do. Other credits that they've distributed just as fun stuff. (laughs) Green Street Hooligans, Find Me Guilty, The Illusionist, um, Kicking It Old School, S-K-O-O-L, 
Of course. Oh, Dragon Wars or D Wars. Oh, no. In the name of the king. Oh. And yeah, it looks like that's about it. And the identical, obviously. Um, but that's a crazy amount that like that. That is a lot of movies that are just all over the fucking map. Yeah. It's just like, well, they, well, it looks like they actually, their mission statement is to, they specialize in helping other companies to release their films theatrically, um, no. for getting cheap distribution fees. Oh, okay. And it looks like a, unlike other distributors, Freestyle actually doesn't put up any prints or advert and advertising money for its releases. So they do it super cheap. All right. Yeah, they're like the production of this movie is like it fits with our mission statement. Fucking perfect. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like that's it for uh, our end. Aaron, anything else you wanted to add about this before not, we move into what's on our radar? Uh, seriously, watch this. Not not a joke. Watch this movie. It's fucking great. If you like bad movies at all, even if you don't and you haven't really watched many bad movies, this one you should fucking watch. It's incredible. Ooh. Ooh, in the first five minutes, I could not stop laughing. It's amazing. I love it. It's an otherworldly experience. It really is. It's baffling. We cannot recommend this highly enough. This is like, I, like uh, oh. Mutation and the Beast, like oh, it's Old good. Dogs, The Room level of bonkers. Yeah, it's it's good. Okay, so uh, if that's all, let's move on to our final segment. Aaron, what's on your radar this week? Or since we've recorded our New Year's Eve episode? Yes. Uh, since it's been a bit of time, uh, what finally came out and has fulfilled all of my dreams as it is goddamn incredible is Beyond the Red Mirror by Blind Guardian. That album, whoo, oh, it's good. Oh, oh, they did well. Except it's mixed very strangely, so when you first hear it, it'll be like, the, it'll sound weird. Like, it's mixed weird. I don't I don't know how to explain it to, to you people. Uh, that sounded dry. You people. But like, it's... If you listen to it, it'll sound strange because they mixed it strange. That's the only problem I have with the album, but it's fucking great. It's it's like Old Blind Guardian again, uh, unlike the the last two. Not that they're bad at all, but they they tried some new stuff there, and they, a lot of it was good. But this is like fucking Night at the Opera level good, and you're like somewhere far beyond all that. It's like Night that style with um. Like they uh, they they changed their tuning a little bit, so they sound a little like it's the same old style of songwriting that they used to do, like all the vocal layering and instrumentation and all the like symphonic shit. But they they changed their sound a little bit, and not enough to make it jarring or anything. But it's it's fucking great. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Also, last night I was up at uh, Sundance since I'm I'm in Utah, and I saw Brooklyn, which. Which is a movie about uh, it's it's about uh, this girl from Ireland in the 1950s who goes to America, and it's really good. And if you want a good period piece about this uh, the the 50s or whatever, and it's that's uh, that would be it. Not not this one, but I mean you should watch that. The, I I would honestly recommend watching the identical more. But no, it was it was interesting. It was it was well shot and it was really colorful and. It was good. I, it was good. It was a good uh, independent movie. That's what I got. Oh, my turn. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a lot to recommend. I will 
shorten the film thing because I've been on my seasonal watch most of the Oscars stuff. So things that you should see that I saw, you should see Foxcatcher because the acting's good and it's very moody. Um, you sh- and Selma, you should definitely see Selma, especially because it got completely ripped off at the Oscars. Also, shout out to the Lego movie because it didn't even get any love for best animated feature. What did? I don't, I don't even know what did. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is one of them. Okay. I know Pixar didn't release anything this year, so it's probably like some other... Box trolls? Pro- <clears throat> probably box trolls. Uh, Things you shouldn't see. Black Hat. Don't see that. What? Black Hat. The uh, Chris Hemsworth... And that's black like the color and hat like something you wear on your head. Not black. Oh, yeah. The hacking movie. I really love Michael Mann, the director. It got bad reviews, and I was like, you know what? It can't be that bad. And guess what? It was that bad. Even with the <laughs> cast with um, the guy from Lights Out, Chris Hemsworth, and even Viola Davis got dragged down there, which is sad. But she still got how to get away with murder. Um I started watching The Comeback, which is HBO's show with Lisa Kudrow from Friends and the documentary series. Aaron, I think you'd really like that one. Um, That's on HBO, and you can watch that. They brought it back last year for like a limited series run. Uh, The two that I really want to plug, though, is the first one is one that I know Aaron would like. It's called Man Seeking Woman, and you can find that on FXX. It stars Jay Baruchel as a guy who's – it's like a surrealist comedy – that about a guy who lives in New York. Um, it's filmed in Toronto, I think. And it stars Jay Baruchel, Eric Andre, and that's about it. And he's like a guy who just got out of this long-term relationship. And it's like all these weird, like, um, things like his ex-girlfriend starts dating Hitler and (laughs) he goes on a date with a troll. Um, when he tries to masturbate, his hand leaves him because they. It says that his, their sex life is so limited. It, it's like some weird shit, but like Eric Andre is really funny in it. That's why I think you'd like it, Aaron. He's like, I I love the Eric Andre show. Yeah, well, he's like telling him all these weird things, like that he has to wear and like do to pick up to pick up um women in like bars, and it's like so obvious that that's like the wrong thing to do. It's really good. I think you'd like the extended um the like really over the top parts of it. Um, Probably. The last thing I want to plug, uh, because I'm a science fiction nerd, is the new film by the Spierig brothers who directed um, Daybreakers. It's called Predestination, and it's based on a Robert A. Heinlein short story called All You Zombies, and it stars Ethan Hawke and Sarah Snook. It's about a time-traveling, like a temporal agent is what Ethan Hawke is called, and it's like kind of like a retro future because time travel was invented in the 80s or something. And he's a temporal agent trying to catch this bomber called the Fizzle Bomber throughout space and throughout um, time. And he's like also trying to resolve like this time paradox at the same time. And Sarah Snook's like another character in the uh, the universe. Aaron, I think you'd really like that. It was made on a budget yeah. of less than a million dollars. The acting's really good. Um, and it's something that manages to pull off something that a much bigger budget movie doesn't because it's really creative with the time travel. It's very minimalist in the way that it uses like the environment and the special effects and it relies more on the storytelling aspect. So you can get that on VOD and I think it's um in limited release now. So you should definitely check that one out. 
Um, and yeah. that's all that's on my radar for this week. Um, Aaron, do you want to tell me what I, we're doing next? Well, first I wanted to, to go back and plug Broad City because I forgot I watched that. That oh, was really good. Yes. Watch Broad City. It's uh, really good. Huh? I, I Watch Broad City. It's really good. It's got uh, Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer. It was a web series yeah. back in like 2009, and it got picked up for series by Comedy Central. The first yep. one's completely aired. You can watch it on you know somewhere platforms and Hannibal Burris is in it. it it's really good. Yeah, that's like, that's like, the, that's what reminded me of it because you brought up Eric Andre. I'm like, oh yeah, I watched a show with Hannibal Burris in it because he's in uh, he's in the Eric Andre show. He's his co-host on oh. that. So that yeah, yeah, if I need you, to get into the Eric Andre show. I still yeah. haven't. And while we're there, let's plug the Eric Andre show because Jesus fucking Christ, it's incredible. Oh, it's good. Ooh. Anyway, that that's it. Um. What are we doing next? Have we just we we have decided? Have oh yeah, God. Mm-hmm. I, I Frankenstein, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. So, um, if you've ever wanted to see Aaron Eckhart try and do action, we're gonna do that. If you thought oh. he was good in The Dark Knight, you had like I bet that this is going to be way better. Oh yeah, this is going to be so much better than a Dark Knight. Oh, oh yeah, you know he's going to be why so serious, Frankenstein? Because you're the lead. Why so Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be bad. I'm excited for it. It's like it's like Underworld, but worse, which is really hard to do because Underworld is not good. Yeah, but I I like Underworld. Like the first one is a good like the gothic aesthetic and the vampire well, yeah. mythos is kind of like original. I hadn't really seen a whole lot like that before. But then there's like seventy of them. So yeah, you know. the first one, the second one was really bad, and then I didn't even. What see- about the one where they go back in time and it's like medieval times? Well, that's like the origin story, and then it's like, oh well, this kind of relates to this, but not really. And then they did the uh, the Rise of the Lycans, and then there's like a fourth one, and I'm just like, eh, I'm not interested anymore. Yeah. But of course, both of them actually have Bill Nye in them. They do, and he's good. He's yeah, a good he's a good actor. I'm, I mean, he plays like, I forget the name, but he's like the vampire, like um, Kate Beckinsdale's, um, Celine's maker. Something, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Her big boss. Yeah, the big the big bad. So yeah, uh, big big vampire motherfucker. Be getting that to you in yeah, I Frankenstein. Yeah, I Frankenstein. Watch it. It's uh, now available on Netflix. Watch Instant, I believe. Yeah, so we don't even have to go and find it or buy it or whatever. Yeah, typically my wallet is hurting for the two ninety nine that I spend for the uh, streaming of movies. Yeah, but now we don't have to worry about it. It'll be good. Well, I mean, we still pay for Netflix, but it's you know, it we do that anyway. Watching We're- I Frankenstein for the month. Yeah, we're going to be full up on I Frankenstein's. Yep, I'm going to watch I it twice. Th- no, no. Uh, probably not. I doubt it's going to be. <laughs> it's not going to be identical level of good. Yeah, well, um, from I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page. It looks like it's only 92 minutes, so. Oh, thank fuck. It'll be merciful. Okay, good. One can hope. It, it'll be trim. It'll be good. It'll be, it'll be done fast. That, that makes me happy. Yep. Put us out of our miseries. Which is sad because I like Aaron Eckhart. Uh, yeah, he's a good actor. Just mm-hmm. you know, he's not a guy that. It's just it's just hard with like the because he's like he's a more of a character actor. He's not more of a leading leading actor, leading man, leading whatever. Yeah, to yeah. Be non-gender specific. 
he's much more of like a strong second secondary character. So like it's yeah. You know, he's more like Olympus has fallen president than Gerard Butler. Yeah. Olympus oh god, fallen, that movie. If that makes sense. Oh Jesus, that fucking movie. <laughs> also, don't watch Olympus Has Fallen or White House. It was Down. pretty. Yeah. That was silly. That was fun. Anyway, outro. So I think that. Yeah, I think that's it. So let's let's fucking outro. 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 Sad about it. Hey, hey, rock and roll. I'm not the identical, but I.